What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Oh, Oh, look at that. She's getting all pretty for the podcast. Perfect. Of course. (laughs) I got Forrest Mommy with me today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Absolutely. On this titty Tuesday. Yeah, I know. It's it's pretty fantastic. Um, It wasn't quite chest day for me. It was leg day. Um, How's your titty Tuesday going? It's been great. I always, so my whole thing is, because I drop pictures all the time, right? But on Titty Tuesday, I like to hype everybody else up, especially the ladies with, you know, more going on than me. And we, we got a few. We got a few out there. So I was proud. I was proud. Yeah, maybe uh, I'll have to uh, figure out some tips and listen to maybe the, the Liberty Women Twitter a little bit more as to how I kind of goad my fiance and to start showing a little bit more cleavage. Because she has a great rack, but she just doesn't like to show it off all that much. Yeah, it's kind different when, like, you, like, have, it's different when, like, especially if you grow up with, they want to hide it, you want to hide it all the time, you know, it's like, that's what it is. Yeah, she's, she's absolutely stunning, and people tell her all the time that, uh, you know, oh, you look good in your uniform, and she wore a police outfit, I think, to a uh, Halloween thing when she was in college at one point, and uh, they kind of, you know, kind of did one of those at her, and they said, oh, you know, I didn't know this was this kind of deal, but, you know, it's just real late. It's a hot cop. She's a hot cop. Yeah, well, now she's a For hot Halloween. Bar- yeah, she's a hot EMT right now. Um, oh, nice. She's saving yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I fixed the cars, and then she, uh, you know, just kind of makes sure people get to where they need to go to get fixed. So it's it's cool. Um, I've enjoyed following you on Twitter because I think we both kind of come at an important issue, except for from different angles. So my focus with this podcast has been mostly been to um, improve libertarians themselves by making them you know, more fit, right? I want to encourage more libertarians to lift weights and then encourage people who lift weights to become libertarians. So I kind of want to bring these two worlds together because I don't see them as necessarily mutually exclusive or as that far apart. Um, So I want to change culture in that way. You seem to be changing culture by making the libertarian experience a little bit more of a fun thing because I've heard you talk at different streams about having parties with uh, your local LP. So um, I guess kind of give a little introduction to what got you into libertarianism and we kind of work our way from there. Okay. Um, I would say overall, I've always kind of been a liberty-minded individual. Um, obviously, I wasn't involved with the actual party. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't know about Ron Paul in 08. Um, but over the last two years, like, I, you know, found these people and now I'm actually like a member and involved, but don't hold that against me. Um, but... So that's how I've kind of gotten into it. But then like even start before I got in with the party at the very beginning of COVID when I noticed like, cause I got off of Facebook and then I started noticing like friends were falling for this and were like getting weird and not talking to us and like all this and that. So I was like, okay, I gotta start building a community again because I felt like I had built a really good, a lot of different communities I was a part of. And then it just like, like gone, you know? So starting in 2020, I think the first like September 2020 I started like I got started a group on Twitter I'm like if because there was a lot of people who I knew were in Colorado so I'm like let's let's start we got to build this community we got to get together like we you guys follow me we all enjoy each other so I started building up um they weren't necessarily libertarian people like they're just liberty-minded people from Twitter and we started meeting up like we started having parties through parties I love hosting parties and throwing parties shocker but I love it and then and then like now, and then started getting involved in, with more people. And I've just been meeting more people through the LP, through the Mises and like just meeting all these people and everyone's cool. And if they're not cool, we don't hang out, like no big deal. <laughs> like it's fine, but I really love parties. I love um, every, like, I swear every event I go to, my hotel room turns into the party room for some <laughs> reason, but <laughs> so I guess that's kind of, I just always been like a, but not, 
just like choose your own fun if you go somewhere and you're like you have to make yourself have fun no one's responsible for that but i love to like include people and make people feel loved and have fun and kind of just been spreading that and a little um uh, what's the word i'm looking for um maybe a little sexiness a little sex appeal mm -hmm. you know like because the libertarian <laughs> party's kind of been not necessarily failed and not and not that like but like we all have to be honest like sex sells a little bit right so like and even just like to be around people who are like confident and that kind of thing so that's kind of part of it as well i suppose yeah no i think that's a uh, a great thing because <laughs> my local lp we have meetings on saturday nights and i'm not trying to knock the people it's just like hey this is what they can do it's like i don't think anybody wants to hang out on a saturday night at a local LP thing, <laughs> like we have sorts of weekday. And if you guys want to do shit on the weekends, let's go out to a bar. Let's go have a good time. Let's not, you know, cage ourselves into this political kind of deal on a weekend. And I mean, I get it. That's the only thing you could do. But the thing that I think everybody kind of noticed about the Ron Paul campaign, and even as far as like the Donald Trump campaign went, was that um, it made politics fun, right? There was something to kind of rally around where everybody had different events that they could do regarding Ron Paul. There were bands playing at the thing. Um, here in Pennsylvania, over in Butler, it's about an hour, I think, northeast or something like that from here. There's 50,000 people that showed up to go see Trump. So obviously there's something going on here. So how do we create that for the LP? I, I don't know. Personally, like I said, my deal is exercise, physical health, mental well-being. And, you know, I'm definitely known to go out there and buy everybody a you know, shot a crown or 22 of them, but, yeah. well, I should say 12, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of my deal, but I think it's very important that we kind of make it fun to be involved and not just this dry political process. Right. Cause that's the most like, and I, like, I hate, like, I wish we could make it, but if we could just like trash that with, we, I know libertarians want to get in trash the government. I'm like, can we trash our own like processes too? Because I've always hated that kind of thing when I volunteered on boards and stuff. I'm like, this is so tedious. And so like, so much more time can be spent doing other things that are better. And like, like, um, just like being around people and hanging out with people. And like you said, making it fun. Like who doesn't want to be around a shiny, happy person once in a while? Like, you know, people are just drawn to that. So I wish I would have been like aware of 08 with all that stuff but i was i wasn't online as much i was just working and like i didn't know i wasn't political so yeah well you know so you know what they say um ignorance is bliss i yeah. was 14 years old in 2008 and i would have been 18 in 2012 and the election actually took place on my birthday so i don't think i would have been able to vote back then so the first uh election i voted in was 2016 and uh it's kind of been downhill ever since then <laughs> <laughs> i know i was like at the 08 line the only thing i did go they did the 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 dnc was in denver in 08 mm -hmm. and i remember i went downtown for that and that was like i'm not you know i wasn't democrat or anything at the time but like it was just like exciting to be around all that yeah. so if we could do that for the libertarian party like i have i have so many more friends interested now that i've been a little because i saw my instagram and i'm open about it and i'm like mm -hmm. even if you want to hang out you don't have to be part of the party and like with covid especially with like friends being like i'm more like this shit's crazy can we hang out and like i have all these friends from high school who are hanging out now and mm -hmm. so yeah it's cool nice so you're in colorado yes so how yeah. was yeah, how was 2020 for you? Um, wasn't your state pretty bad? Um, yeah, so um, it wasn't the worst, but it was terrible for me. They, But they did, like, shut everything down, shut the businesses down. The thing they did do, though, is, like, 20, the summer of 2020, they did, like, open bars and stuff, but it was masks and, time. you know, they closed at right. 10. Because COVID knew at 10 o'clock, like, that was it, you know? Yeah. So that Fair was kind game. of it. Yeah, like, what? how did we like ugh, anyways so like and then then we thought okay cool it'll be fine and then they shut down again in october of 20 of 2020 and we were like what this is stupid and then like and then okay i got through flu season some stuff i love to do got canceled blah blah, blah. and then 2021 it felt like things were back to normal in the um like going like i didn't go out much and i think they still had some mask mandates in place but overall it was like not but then they put it back in place this last this last uh like october november or whatever and a lot of the counties in in metro denver there's a couple counties that were better but um so i mean it was bad but 
it could have been definitely much worse. I feel like if you wanted to like go do stuff, because that's all these people who were acting scared. I'm like, they were out in the summer going to bars, but you know, they were wearing a mask to sit down. So they were protected and all this. And I'm like, you're, if you're really scared, you're not doing that, you know? Right. So, so yeah, but our governor's just like, our governor's just an idiot. And it was a lot of the, the like county public health people were really over overboard and the Colorado mm -hmm. Department of Health was overboard with their rules and stuff. But yeah, it wasn't terrible. I'll say that. I'll say, obviously it was the worst thing fucking possible but it, compared to other places it wasn't like yeah yes yeah, so, there was no uh, vax passes for just for like large events for a while they had vax passes and then they mm -hmm. got rid of that yeah i think uh the big venue that most touring bands come and play through is stage ae and there they wanted you to be vaccinated or have a test within negative test within three days um <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy for me to think about it and my band's gonna be playing um at the Butler Drive-In again, but we opened for Steel Panther, if you know who they are. Um, we opened for them at the Butler Drive-In. I remember it was a sold-out show, over a thousand people. And, like, I've played bigger shows. That was the biggest show I've ever played. And it, it was really weird because you were allowed to take your mask off if you were in front of your car, but if you walked beside your car or walked down, like, the middle walkway, you had to wear a mask. And you were – this was at a drive-in, right? So it was outside. Um and we got yelled at for not wearing our masks at certain points, but it was, it was yeah, I think June or July of 2020. It's just, it was fucking weird. And in Pennsylvania, they locked down in mid-March. I remember my fiance and I were eating dinner and they declared a state of emergency and we're like, oh, everything seems normal. <laughs> and then we locked down and then it loosened up in April and then it hammered down again. And it was, yeah, it was fucked up. But that was kind of the point for me where I, kind of figured like okay well maybe i gotta start doing something and here in pennsylvania we've had a very very strong libertarian party you know we've had a ton of people elected and different mayors and stuff like that yeah so yeah they're uh they're all great people and i'm very very excited about what we got going on here um is your state kind of seeing similar growth within the lp because last this past convention that just happened about a month ago uh, i think that was i want to say there's like 500 or so people i mean it's an absolute blast but a lot of people end up storming out because they didn't get to maintain their they didn't get to maintain their social status i don't know if you saw the video of Waldenberger freaking out but oh that was my god it was one of the greatest things in the world to see in person <laughs> like you kind of feel bad because it's like look yeah. dude you could still like be a positive asset right like, it's just that weird i yeah um, but yes, we, we had like the biggest one, I guess we've ever had. I, I went to the one in 2021, but I wasn't involved yet. I just went, I didn't right. vote or anything. And then this mm -hmm. one I was more involved in, but, and they said, yeah, it's the most people we've ever had. I feel like it's growing too. And I feel like, cause Colorado's had this problem. Um, that's, I mean, for the last 20 years or more of like Denver and Boulder turning really blue and everywhere else kind of being red, but you know, the city politics kind of are what bleed out. Bleed. Yeah. So everybody's been like, Colorado's dead. Like, it's, we gotta give up on Colorado. And I'm like, no, I'm not, first of all. And then, like, I, when you talk to people, they are like, even like from the right or the left, like, they're more libertarian. Like, when it comes down to it, they're like, yeah, I just wanna live my life. Leave me alone. I'll let you do your thing as long as it's not hurting me, you know? So, yeah, there's definitely growth. And I think it's gonna, I think it's really gonna grow, especially if they try and do something again. And even our stupid governor, he's all trying to be like, oh, I'm a libertarian. And it's like, no, you're not. Like, you're not a libertarian. But he wants the votes and stuff. And I'm right. like, so who knows what polling they're seeing that made him kind of like do that. But yeah, I, I'm, it's definitely growing. I think there's, and out here, there's, it's like a lot of young people, like, so with the whole COVID thing, when I was seeing my friends falling for this, I were around my age, and it's just like, what? Like, how are you falling for this? You know, and then once I got more involved with the party out here with the people from Twitter, and it's like everyone's young and has energy and like we're all cool. We don't give a shit what your lifestyle is, as long as you're like, you know, we don't need the government to tell us what to do. And so yeah, it's growing. Sorry, that's a lot yeah. of No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. Um, yeah, it, it was it's so funny to me because I, I don't know if you saw the thread on Twitter today with Adam Kokesh and, you know, God yeah. bless his, God bless his soul. I've had him on the show. Me too. I mean, I like the dude, but yeah, I, I think everybody's kind of like, dude, come on, man. Because 
And my point to him was, we're better with you. I don't want you to go. I don't want it to be this way. And it doesn't have to be this way. All you got to say is, all right, man, you know, there's room for me here. Maybe things didn't happen in the past like I wanted them to. But I'm going to stick around and I'm going to try and make things better. And this has kind of been my message to a lot of these people who stormed out and left. And I've had some of these people on this show um regarding the races that they actually lost not after but like before and i support these people if you're a good libertarian i want you in and i want you to work with us towards the ultimate goal right which is liberty within our lifetime or within our children's lifetime um i don't want to see people storm out that that sucks it sucks to have anybody leave but once again when you're done being a child when you're done throwing temper tantrum on the fucking stairs you can come back to the table when you're ready to be an adult and participate with everybody else and this is the way that everybody is on the whole Mises caucus kind of side as we're sweeping the country it's you know if you want to be an adult if you want to be a good libertarian come back we'll work with you and if you really have that much of a problem with it why don't you just do exactly what we did out recruit out work bring more people into the party because that benefits everybody i don't see why it has to be a power struggle here you know we're all fighting for the same thing or at least i think yeah that's why I've, that's why i've appreciated the Mises because i felt like it was you can be anybody or anyone and if you're willing to volunteer and put the time into all this and yeah great like and like that's why i hated the whole like i don't hate the takeover language but obviously turns you know makes people get defensive and stuff right. and it's like but like once you hang out with all these people you're like oh it's just like normal people hanging out and like yeah, yeah. and going back like with adam like it seems like the whole thing with him is he's mad about something that happened a while ago you know mm -hmm. and it's like you should have brought it you should have dealt with it then you know that's my whole thing with like i'm trying to teach women and stuff i'm like in the moment you need to stand up and say no or whatever like you deal with it in the moment because it's a lot harder to deal with it la afterwards you know and so yeah i'm just trying to figure out it's just that's what i'm getting from him but then i'm like people just want to fight online too and it's yeah. like oh here's screenshots which i hate that stuff and it's like, that's so petty it's so it's like i made us like i've had people actually like go full on like against me with all these like stuff and i'm like get a life like i don't know mm -hmm. like i don't i'm just not like that i'm just more i hate confrontation but if i if i have to confront something i do it in the as soon as i can you know so yeah, yeah. well that's tonight wasn't he gonna be doing something tonight a live stream or something oh i'm not sure oh, yeah. um, i'm like i kind of embarrassed for him like i don't yeah I, well, I like him like, and that's what i said because he came on my show because i was kind of fucking with him about veganism and i'm for eating animals right i did the carnivore diet for two years it, it solved a lot of issues for me and then obviously i kind of moved on from that but um we kind of shot the shit about that and he's thriving he's doing great he looks great so i'm like all right dude if you're doing good don't change a fucking thing I support you in whatever you're going to do that improves your health. And if you feel like you're kicking ass eating vegan one meal a day, as silly as I think that is, I, you, who the fuck am I to tell you what to put in your body? I don't care. But it, it makes me sad to see somebody that's been so dedicated to the cause and is a good libertarian just fucking go right off the fucking deep end. Because it's like, we're, we're better, once again, we're better together. And I don't think anybody wants to see him leave in that kind of manner. So it, it's... And it's so petty, like posting up messages, especially from Scott. Like I've talked to Scott in person. He's just the fucking nicest dude in the world. He's so nice. And like, <laughs> yeah, that it's just even like with this veganism stuff though, is he was like he was I feel like when you were pushing people to do it, he felt like I felt like he was pushing people. That's probably why you had him on, because he was like being pushy about it. And it's like, but if you like your lifestyle, you don't want to push it on others, you know what it or to some extent, I guess. Yeah, and well, that was, once again, that's kind of the reason why I said, you look, if you're kicking ass, don't change a fucking thing. But the problem with people who get on a diet or, you know, lose weight and they're not that educated on nutrition stuff. And look, I'm a fucking mechanic for a living, right? I tear down engines and fix cars all day, every day for, you know, to, to pay for all this shit around me <laughs> i i just know about nutrition because i've studied it relentlessly i've read research papers i listened to hours and hours and hours of podcasts i became a certified personal trainer i've worked out consistently for over 10 years it's i'm not a fucking expert on it but i know what i'm talking about but the problem is when you get into a very very strict diet like that carnivore keto veganism vegetarianism um, you're like a child with dynamite, right? Especially to people who don't know anything about nutrition, because you're 
walking around giving people this extreme information and it sounds very sexy so it's very easy to sell people on this because if i come up to you and you're overweight and i was overweight at one point right i was 250 pounds right now i'm about 193 ish i was i was fucking fat yeah thank you i thought i was healthy because i exercised but i really wasn't um you hear somebody just tell you hey just eat meat you're gonna lose all this weight and all these different issues are gonna be fixed you're gonna be so much better um you hear that you're like oh man i can't wait to do this and then you do it and you don't realize that there's many different ways to skin a cat. Well, I feel like he's kind of in that I have to tell everybody about this because it's worked for me. Well, what works for you may not work for the next person. What works for the next person may not work for, you know, the third person down the line. Um, I feel like people get stuck in that kind of phase where as soon as you just get that magic pill or you hear don't eat meat or, you know, just eat meat then once again, you're like a child with dynamite. You want to run with that. And that's still, you know, one size fits all, but it's just not that way. <laughs> did you, this is sorry, Randall, but did you see the sacred yeah. cow documentary? I've had raw wolf on twice. No, twice. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm like, I wish everyone could watch it. Just, I like that, especially because they had the vegans be like, mm-hmm. oh, I was killing slugs. So am I, you know, just right. like, it just was their different perspectives of like, and the actual nutrition aspect of like, yeah, meat's really fucking good for you. So, <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing that I really liked about that documentary, um, a lot of the there is a side of the carnivore kind of community that says grass fed, grass finished meat is like the only way to go. And personally, that's all I eat pretty much. I very rarely do I eat grain fed beef um, just because I've grown to like the taste and the nutritional value is slightly better. Um, but there's a lot of people that say, oh, no matter what you have to do, grass fed, grass finished meat. And if you have any grain fed meat, you're going to get glyphosate within your fat cells because they, you know, the cows are eating grains that contain glyphosate and then it gets um, stored in their fat cells. And Rob came to the conclusion with third party researchers and from doing his own research that, hey, that's not really true. There's not really that much difference in overall quality. It just kind of comes down to your preference. And clearly grass fed, grass finished meat is the way the cows have always been kind of raised and kind of the way they are. But when you tell people that, you know, if you grain fed meat, it's poison, then that makes that so much further out of reach for people. Now you're going to turn people off and they're going to say, well, fuck it. I'm not going to eat any meat at all. Because if the stuff that's reasonably priced is, you know, is poison, then fuck it. I'm just not going to eat it. So it it, kind of goes back to once again, the kind of children with dynamite dynamic where you're giving people bad information and it's in, it's in good intentions, but you're doing more harm than you are good. But yeah, Rob's, he's like every bit as a genuine good dude as you would think. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And like when it comes to the political stuff, he's like, he, he pretty much is a libertarian. Oh, good. Good. Good Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Um, So going back to the uh, Colorado convention, was it as contentious as the uh, PA convention? And is there like a lot of people that kind of feel like it's a social club? So the one last year, I guess, was more contentious in 2021, but this year, no. And we had, so right now, 10 out of 11 of the board seats are Mises Mm -hmm. and they didn't like, no one else ran except for Mises people. So there was no like fight about that. There really was no contentious. There's people who have drama. There's some people who were, yeah, it was like their old social club. There's people who like apparently talk shit on Mises before, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, like there was, it was really chill this time. It was like, it was fine. I'd say like, mm. it was good vibes. No one like, I didn't see anyone crying or running out crying or anything like that. Yeah, so. there were, there were a few people that ran out crying in Pennsylvania. And I remember, I think I know the guy's name, but I don't want to say it. Um, <laughs> he came up to the microphone after we did the first standing vote and, you know, they kind of do the standing votes and it's pretty clear who's the majority and right after we did the first standing vote the guy came up to the microphone and said i would like to make a motion to make the libertarian party of pennsylvania a subsidiary of the mises pack and then he fucking stormed out oh it was it was pretty fucking good <laughs> yeah and, and like i said i it, it sucks to see these people storm out but man it's fucking hilarious but like it'd be kind of cool if like the Mises eventually once like once things are set straight again if they would be like well now we're dissolving and it's just normal you know what it is something like that would be kind of cool just to prove these people like no it's not about that it's about like 
just bringing people in. Was it Pennsylvania where like someone tried to steal the mic or something too? And then they were blamed. They said Michael Heist punched someone. Yeah, or... Mike, Mike didn't. He didn't. No, punch the video was like clear what happened. But... Yeah. So that was uh, this guy, Mitch. And I think the guy that tried to grab the microphone was Willie. It was, it was a little chaotic and people got pretty worked up. But uh, the, the chairs were. I thought they were acting in good faith and I thought they were just trying to go by the rules. But uh, as time kind of went on, um, me and my brother actually drove Karen Ann Harlow's back and forth from the airport. So we kind of got to pick her brain about a lot of the stuff. And he was making a motion to remove people or no, not even make an emotion. I'm sorry. He was saying, I'm going to have you removed, right? He kept telling Michael Heiss and Karen Ann that he was going to have them removed. But what Karen had said, Karen Ann, I know she doesn't like being called Karen, but uh, she said, that he would have to make a motion to put it to the body to have them removed. You couldn't just say you're out because that's you, they don't have that authority. And um, the guy who's chairing the convention was actually trying to do that. He kept saying, oh, I'll have you removed. I'll have you removed. And then, you know, eventually he was taken off and taken off the duty as chair. And they kind of moved on with the uh, with the meeting. It was, uh, it was a very interesting weekend. But I'll tell you what, in. We got there, I want to say it was 8 or 9 o'clock Saturday morning, and by like 1 o'clock Saturday, it felt like a completely different day. It was it was what a long, happened? yeah, my God, it was a long fucking day. And then we went back after lunch, I'm like, holy shit, this, it feels like we were there for 10 fucking hours. Um, one thing that I saw you tweet... <laughs> you were talking about not having people come at you, and I think... I can't remember the entire tweet because it was uh, a couple weeks ago, but I, I found that to be very funny. Uh, do you remember what I'm talking about? Not come at me. I'm always telling people not come. No, at no, no, me, no so. not, not, not come in you if you get what oh. I'm. <laughs> oh yeah, no come in the pussy. I'm always trying to spread that message, like <laughs> because, like, to like you know, with the liber, like whatever your view on abortion is, like, why not try to not get pregnant in the first place? And you can still do a lot. Like, I'm 38 and I've never, ever, ever been pregnant, like, or thought I was. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it's always very clear. <laughs> so I you to say that, but people get, people get mad, too. And I'm like, well, no wonder, like, it's a problem. Because even the men are like, this is the best place. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But, like, you know, if you want to be sure... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's not I like don't a, know. yeah, it's not fucking bad advice. And I, I've, I, if, if the podcast that's coming out tomorrow, which this is airing on Monday, so it'll be like a week by then. Um, <laughs> I lived a pretty degenerate life at one point where I was sleeping around a lot, and you know, I I've now been with my fiance now, and September will be four years that we've been together, and we're getting married in November. Um, I never got any of them pregnant. Because it's like, you realize that's like a lifetime commitment. And personally, I'm pro-life. We don't have to get into this, but I'm pro-life. And I believe that you have to be responsible with your reproductive, you know, organs. <laughs> if you're sticking that thing in someone, you know the consequence. Right. You know the fucking consequence. And if a child becomes, a, you know, if a child comes from that, um, it's not fair to that child to be disadvantaged because you want to just get your rocks off. That's, that's not fair, Right. Because now that child's going to have a lot of issues later on in life or, you know, throughout its entire life because you just couldn't be bothered to pull out or <laughs> practice safe sex. I, I don't get how this is controversial to say because people get all up in arms about it and then argue, oh, well, I have the right to an abortion. Well, how about you just don't fuck people irresponsibly? Yeah, why can't we focus on the, the front end of it for like, why can't we focus yeah. on that? No, and it's funny. So I've actually, I've actually, I've never been thought I was pregnant but I've also never been on the pill because I was always yeah. anti-pill yeah. but even if people are on the pill do you know how many people tell me well I was on the pill and I still got pregnant like right. tons of people tons mm -hmm. and tons and tons and tons like even people I know in real life so I'm like you can't trust it like you can't even trust that people so like whatever like I don't know I and I'm not at all it's like saying abstinence like that's not me at all it's just like there's this one thing <laughs> one action take away from you know but I don't know. Sorry about that. My dog's going fucking nuts. <laughs> it's fucking dick. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy that like it's controversial to tell people that you have to be responsible for 
you having sex with people. Like, I, I don't understand how that's a controversial thing. And you're absolutely right that it's kind of the front part of it where you should kind of like know the person you're sleeping with. And if you don't trust this person, maybe you shouldn't have sex with them. Right. And it goes to uh, the whole 12 shots thing. I'm so sorry. He's such a fucking dick. Um, <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah, he's my, my lob mouth. Big. Rest, yeah. I don't know if I'll come here. Buddy. <laughs> nah, you can see his head a little bit. Yeah, he's about yeah, 90 yeah. pounds. What did you say he's a mix of? Uh, Doberman Australian Shepherd. Aw, oh yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's a cute mix oh my god he's a fucking stud he's uh about 90 pounds of uh piss and vinegar but then as soon as uh anybody gets near him he like cowers behind us <laughs> so we got him a uh, pit bull she's 65 pounds she's just full of love she acts real mean but you know all she wants to do is just lay around the house and we got a uh, 14 year old mini pen as well Aww. she's just like old as dirt wherever you like set her down she just lays down and sleeps <laughs> you're like just live out your life honey Relax. yeah um yeah it's the, the whole 12 shot thing was kind of funny to me too because everybody's calling dave smith a, a date rape apologist and then it's fucked up that he has to go on his own podcast to kind of clarify like hey I, i've like went out of my way to make sure something like that wouldn't happen and people still think that he's some it, it's but the internet, the, man. People like they run, they get one God. thing in their head and they just run with it. Run, yeah. run, run. And it goes to the point of being responsible, right? Don't get fucking trashed where you know you can't like handle yourself or where you don't have other people around that you trust, right? And I learned this lesson the hard way because I used to go down to fucking Pittsburgh and I'd go bar hopping and I'd get fucking annihilated. And then someone would have to drive me home and like oh fuck that i make an ass on myself and then you find out like a couple days later yeah yeah you were a fucking dick so uh, that's kind of what i think that plays at um i'm sure we've all had his point was so uh, his point was so easy to understand though that's what's and that's what i think a lot of that stuff comes from guilt from their own people when they get so like emotionally oh this is terrible that he said that and it's like no, like his point was very clear what he said. And it's not about date rape. It's like that you have to be responsible. And like I was saying before, that's my whole thing with, you know, all these people say, well, women never want to come forward because, I'll, and I'm like, okay, well, let's change the culture to where women want to say no and just leave the situation in the first place. Because, you know, sometimes it might just be awkward sex or whatever, but like, if you're not into it, leave and don't like go through with it. And then later on be like, oh, I was drunk or, you know, whatever. It's like, we need to Again, get on the front end of things instead of the like back end of things. So okay, yeah, uh, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because that was something I actually wanted to talk about. Um, once you said it initially, but um, it goes back to culture is that we need to have a culture of people who don't tolerate shit like this, right? Where women feel like they can speak up about this stuff. And I always consider myself—I don't want to say a men's rights activist, but very, very sympathetic to the men's issues in society right because as a kid in high school I, I was a complete total fucking dick and i saw sexual discrimination a lot where women were oftentimes let off the hook and got very very you know treated very preferentially to men but that's not to excuse men doing shitty things right and there are women out there who don't feel like they can come forward because you know we live in our rape culture which is just the most ridiculous fucking thing in the world but i think we need to encourage women like hey you need to come out as soon as possible if something like this happens but also how we keep things from happening like that is the second amendment right teach women you know <laughs> to, oh, yeah. to practice with firearms <laughs> yeah no i agree and like just like we said when you say oh it's rape culture it's like that almost gives it power you know that almost like says well this is just how it is and there's nothing we can do about it it's like no like i just really want someone i'm fortunate i've never had to deal with being abused by like a partner or anything but i feel like some of it was also my own intuition of like not being around certain people and not like going somewhere with someone and like obviously like and just with sex in general too like there are these women will really like just i'm like you're not even turned on why are you having sex with this person and then bitching about it later like you should have just yeah. not done it <laughs> like and then like 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 do you remember that aziz and sorry when he got me tooed or whatever and it was no, like I, I he's actually one of the ones i didn't hear about and he no okay 
No, I remember because he was like jacking off to the girl in his apartment or something like that. No, this one was, it was actual sexual. They had sex, but it was just, she was like, she was right. It was like, you just had awkward sex that you didn't want to have, girl. Yeah. Like he didn't force you into shit. You had every, every opportunity to say no. I'm like, the dude's short. He was like, how could you have felt, <laughs> you know, like nothing wrong with that. But like, like I want to teach them. To, it's, it just seems like there's just like we want to like even people who want to fight for women still like victimize them and say like they can't do anything about it and it's like well we can like yeah we can so i don't know i don't know it's again like because i'm not the type of person where i want to force my culture on anyone i just try to like lead by example and like hopefully people see me i know people think i'm like totally a degenerate and shit but i'm not like i'm like and i know like a lot of people think too which, you know, maybe other times in my life, I have been like this, like, some people are just hypersexual, and it's not healthy at all, too, mm -hmm. you know, it comes from, like, a bad place, but I'm like, that's not me, I'm, just, this is just how I am, like, <laughs> I can't explain it, that's how I've always been, but, like, so, I, it's just a hard thing to get, but I just wanted people to, like, just say no in the moment, and don't have bad, awkward sex, just, like, leave. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, there's a certain kind of give and take to, I don't want to, this is going to sound so bad, but like somebody says, no, there's like a, you can kind of tell by body language and by overall tone, like when they're, when they're comfortable and when they're not. And for men, like if a woman seems uncomfortable, you fucked up, right? Because no, no one can like objectively define creepy, but all we know is that we don't want to be that. Right. right? But there's certain social cues where if you tell a woman's on, if you could tell once again, a woman's uncomfortable, fucking stop. Like you've, you've already yeah. fucked up and it's okay. You know, I, to cold approach women's fucking hard to get a girlfriend can be hard, especially for libertarians. But for women, <laughs> don't, don't be afraid to fucking say no, you know? And if a guy has your best interest in mind, then he's going to respect that. And he's going to understand that, okay, well, I need to back off. And, you know, if you have to, then just fucking get the fuck out of there. And for me personally, if that ever happened to me, I feel like shit. And that should send a message to you that if you're making people feel like that, you're kind of a piece of shit. If you feel, if you're constantly making people feel uncomfortable, it should be that way. You know, right. it should be pretty obvious when somebody wants to fuck you, right? You can kind of <laughs> tell if, you know, if you're taking them up to the bedroom and they're pulling away from you, then okay, maybe stop. <laughs> right. Like you can just tell when someone's into it or not. Like, and I mean, that's a problem with any... I mean, whatever. Like, I even had like women who are pushy too, and it's just like if someone's not into it, just stop. <laughs> like, I don't know, and and be the person to say no too. So, you know, sex is like great. You don't want to have like shitty, stupid, awkward sex. You know, you want to make sure you're into it. <laughs> right? What the fuck? Yeah, I, it's it's so crazy to me that people fucking go along with that kind of stuff and i think that's kind of where the me too thing gets a bad name is that there are a lot of women who feel bad about having awkward sex and it's it's like well why don't you just say no because yeah. you can't turn around and now say it's rape after you agreed to do it and i agree it's a shitty situation and maybe you did get pushed a little bit more than you were comfortable but at the end of the day if you took your clothes off and you climbed in bed with somebody then ultimately ultimately it is kind of your responsibility yeah uh, yeah it's it's so so it's stupid such a, it's such a hard it's such a hard topic too because it's just hard to talk about like a lot of people don't want to be honest and that's my thing i'm like just be honest about mm. you know what's going on but yeah it's and, hard because people also want like i get it people want to feel i don't know they like a human connection or like affection and you know close like so it's intimacy like they, yeah yeah it's it's weird it's always a weird topic. <laughs> right. Um, so kind of going off of leading by example, that's kind of what I've tried to do. Uh, I, I always post up, um, you know, pictures and videos of me lifting and different stuff that I'm eating and kind of explain why I do what I do. And in the podcast, I try to do solo shows where I elaborate on, um, um, you know, how to build muscle, my training split, stuff like that. Um, I admire that you kind of lead by example in this regard as well, because you're 38. I didn't know you were 38. I thought you were a little bit younger, but you I'm, look I'm all, uh, two months. I'll be 38. So I'm still 37. <laughs> well, well, you look fantastic. You know, typically people by the time they're 38 don't look as good as you. So, you know, huge kudos to you. And I see that you keep in great shape, obviously, as you 
post the uh, <laughs> degenerate stuff, right? You know, but yeah, I think it's great that you show that, hey, I'm 38 years old and I stay in relatively good shape, not even relatively good shape. I mean, compared to most people, you're in fantastic shape. Um, what do you kind of do to stay in shape? And do you resistance train? Do you do cardio? What's your uh, overall day and lifestyle kind of like? Um, well, I used to, before COVID, I used to do hot yoga like five times a week. So I think a lot of my body being good now is because, I mean, I was always working out my whole life. I was an athlete in high school and stuff. So that's part of it. I think when, obviously you never too like to get into it, but it definitely helps when you're into it. Like, and I didn't party when I was younger and stuff like that. But now, I mean, most of what I do now is like, just like Pilates kind of stuff, calisthenics, planks. You know, I have like a pull-up bar at home now. I do do some like cardio, like walking um, or the elliptical. Um, I'm definitely not doing as much as I used to, but I need to get back into everything. But my whole thing, my whole life was I, so I never like lifted big weights. Always just like, you know, for like long and lean, just a little bit of weights and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I really like, like my own. I think it's really obviously getting more strong with bigger weights is cool. But when you can start like doing pull-ups and pulling your own weight and like when that really makes you feel strong when you're like, oh, I can lift my own weight if I need to kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So just a, definitely a lot of like, like it really is low impact for me nowadays. Just a lot of walking and yoga and pull-ups, planks, like I said, I don't know. I, but I like that. Like, cause the, the yoga I used to do in hot yoga was like, the vinyasa flow, which is more of like a more cardio, you know, you do like kind of flow, you do these flows, you go through stuff. And it's like, that was, that was like my most favorite workout, but I can't find a studio that like didn't require a vax at one point anymore. So I'm like, I don't want to give them my business. And I don't know, but then you sweat too. It just feels good to sweat that much. Yeah. I, I became a cardio nut in 2020 and the worst mistake I ever made, I ran a half marathon. I think it was 13.1 miles. I hadn't ran in two months. It was a cold, shitty fucking day in October. Yeah, I ran fucking 13 miles in two hours and 13 minutes. And I remember I grabbed the gate at the end of this trail. My legs were shaking so fucking bad. And I drove my manual transmission car to there. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to drive. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I... um. Ever since then, I kind of laid off the cardio and I've really gotten more and more into strength training. But I think walking is like the most underrated thing in the world. And it sounds so stupid, but it's so, so true. Walking is something anybody can do, even if you're like 500 pounds, look, just kind of getting up and walking down the stairs is, you know, an improvement. If you're a little bit heavier, hey, get up after your meal and eat. Um, one of the people I listen to a lot when it comes to health and fitness stuff is a Stan Efforting. He was a uh, bodybuilder and he always talks about the uh, 10 minute walk. So every time after you eat, you go for a 10 minute walk and that's supposed to help with digestion, blood sugar control. And I try to do that as much as I can. So usually in the morning, I'm up around four, four thirty, um, take a shower, cook my breakfast. And then I take the uh, dogs for WALK if I say that too loud and they might come running in here but yeah i take them for usually about a mile mile and a half walk but i think that's so important and people really miss just how important that is because that's just a great place to start um do people ever come to you in the libertarian party asking you you know how you kind of keep up with yourself um not like not really mm -hmm. it's funny too because like i hate like i don't throw it out there either a lot because i'm the type of person i'm like you just figure it out and do it but um yeah, not really. Sometimes. But like you were saying with the digestion thing, I went to a cadaver lab and like it really is true, like how everything is connected because I got to like see it, you know, on a, a real dead human and be like just and they're how they explained that everything moves. It's like even just with walking like this, like it's it's really like it's true. Like it helps everything out with your digestion and your your uh, lymph nodes and everything like it's and you're just walking <laughs> like it's mm. great. Yeah, as a uh, cardio nut, I'm pretty sure I probably burned up a little bit of muscle. But like I said, now I focus on strength training. I, I did my record deadlift at 190 pounds. I did 500 pounds. I was, I was pretty fucking nice. stoked. But yeah, that's that's kind of a lot of weight to put on your back. But yeah, well, it's what it is. Well, and I think like muscles, because like they say, muscle burns more calories than like yeah. fat when you have it on you. And so when I when COVID hit, 
I actually lost 20 pounds, which I don't have 20 pounds to lose, but it was like, it was a bunch of muscle. It was all like a lot. It was muscle, but I was like the tyranny and like, I was just so freaked out, not about COVID, but about everything else, you know? And I was like shaking like a chihuahua and I've gained some of it back, but it's like, but muscle is like cool to have, like, it's cool to be strong and it just feels good. And then you can eat a bunch of food too, which I love eating. So. Oh my God. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I just put up on Twitter. I figured out how to make protein ice cream and I was such a fat kid. And this is the problem with me being on a carnivore diet is that I'd be good for like a week or two. And I just fucking binge. We'd go to the cheesecake factory. I'd get two slices of cheesecake. I'd have a ribeye steak, eggs mm. and an omelet. And I would just plow through all of it um i'm such a fat kid at heart so i figured out how to make protein ice cream i listened to a couple of these guys that have these anabolic cookbooks so you get ice protein powder xanthan gum artificial sweetener almond milk uh today i used a gluten-free graham cracker because my fiance has to eat gluten-free and i made s'mores protein ice cream and it, it, it was just is like nice. having one of the best things in the world. Yeah. Um, so you were formerly a realtor. I still am. I'm a I'm a okay. licensed real estate broker in Colorado. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't like um I'm I don't like I'm not a real like you know how people are pushy with it like it's yeah. very and it's very competitive and I'm like yeah. I'm not that competitive. So, you don't yeah, come off that way at all. Yeah, and I don't even advertise, which is terrible. <laughs> Mr. Forrest Mommy's like, why don't you advertise? But I like, I'm not gonna do the cold calling thing. I think cold calling is a violation of the nap, personally. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my excuse. But uh -huh. yeah, I'll always do it because I love it. I like I love it's like you're a project manager. Like I like the process of a deal mm -hmm. and doing it. I actually just closed my first client that found me through twitter so i've been paid technically for my twittering <laughs> so that was cool and plus it was fun to work with someone who knows like i'm a nut and like how i am so that's cool but yeah it's a fun job it's like i do part-time that part-time like home stuff so mm -hmm. yeah that's it nothing it's not too exciting so you <laughs> like because the market's crazy right now so right um are you do you help sell houses too oh yeah i mean i can sell i buy i really like when people don't want to go on the market and we can just do off-market deals and i can just do it for super cheap for people i'm all about trying to make it less expensive too so all the boomer agents hate me because i'm like there's no we you're not driving around getting signatures anymore like mm -hmm. it's different now you know and it is easier now and it's just not that i mean the market being crazy doesn't make it easier but just like there's things that are easier now where we don't have to make as much we can just like do that so that's my whole goal is to make it easier and i want to like build a libertarian community somewhere eventually to like get all the sales and be like move out move yeah. in here let's do it <laughs> do like a little free state project thing yeah <laughs> actually i'm just talking to karen ann's husband who he's our chair he's a he's a broker but he called me earlier to tell me about a meeting and I, and I was like, okay, Wayne, I'm like, we got to get this one neighborhood and like make it all libertarian <laughs> that he was mm -hmm. just laughing. So it was funny. Yeah. It, it gets cold up there in Colorado, huh? Yeah. I mean, when you're on the front range, like where Denver is and stuff, it does, but it melts quick. And then you do have the sun all the time. The mountains are very cold, but it's not, I mean, I would feel like Pennsylvania's like, it's more humid out there. So it's a more humid cold out here. It's more dry cold. So we only get a couple like really cold snaps. The rest of it's like, I mean, just for the last month, there's been like 70 degree days, but then like cold days too. So yeah, this uh, last like week and a half has been pretty cold here and I, I absolutely fucking hate it. We were down yeah, in the spring. It sucks because you're like, we need it warm. Come on. Yeah, we were just out of Florida. Actually, Florida was fucking cold too. About a little less than a month ago, about three weeks ago, we were down Sarasota Beach where our wedding's going to be. And uh it was like 40 degrees in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm in Florida. I want to kill somebody. It's fucking cold. And then, of course, we, we were leaving on Monday, and it was like 80 degrees the entire day on Monday. Of course. Yeah, of go course. fucking figure. Um, so you only got one deal. You've been kind of out and about and had like a public persona for the last two years, right? Yeah, pretty much and, since COVID. Right. And you've only gotten one deal out of all the, uh, you know, musings. One on closed Twitter. deal. Yeah, I have other clients and I have leads, but 
this one was actually closed money in the bank so it's all good but and i also don't use my real name and stuff too so i think that like some people are which is fine but as soon as they email or talk to me about it then they get it so right was it kind of weird to kind of meet somebody on twitter and like sell my house Work for him yeah. No, it was fine. Like he was fine and his wife was cool. So oh, the only one thing he did say where he was like, he was like, she's a little more blue pilled about the COVID stuff. So maybe you don't like, and I was like, okay, I'll keep, we'll keep it to a minimum. But no, it was fine. Because especially with like real estate, you can get a client anywhere, like literally from anywhere, friends, whatever. So it wasn't too like weird or off. Right. Yeah. You know, what's funny is, uh, <laughs> I bought this house that I'm living in right now. Um, I want to say it was about five years ago in about 10 days, I want to say. I became a homeowner. I was 22. And my broker actually fucking gave me a bottle of Captain Morgan, I want to say. And she gave me like a gift card or something like that. It's, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. My gift that I gave is because my partner's a contractor. <laughs> like a, he builds and sees some construction. So like these guys right away, I'm like, because especially right now with the way the market is, people don't want you asking for anything in the inspection period and stuff. And like you kind of base, just even to get under contract, you basically have to say, we're going to inspect, but we're not going to ask you for anything, you know? So then like I give him, I'm like, he'll rekey it for you. He'll fix this or that. So that's always my gift, but they love it. You know, it's like great. Yeah, and some God. booze too once in a while. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I've I've come to find, especially zoning a house, um, private contractors like the worst people in the world. There are no fucking reliable ones, at least around here. It's it's wild right now. Like the, any trades, anything. Like I'm sure in mechanics too. Like it's just hard to get people to do anything hands on. And mm -hmm. he's like he's so busy. Yes, like which sucks when you're self employed because you don't want to ever turn work down. But like yeah. he has to because he can't do a good job if he's like you know so yeah it's we, wild out there we have a, a whiteboard at my job and the one dude who works on all the transmissions and diesels his board like section of the board is just completely covered top to bottom and it was funny someone like taped a bunch of white pieces of paper underneath it for to, to add additional cars i got like five or six literally today i think i just sold um when you're a technician, you get paid flat rates so it's like whatever the job quotes and you, whatever the job quotes is what you get paid and then um if it takes you longer or less time to do it, you still get paid that quoted time unless you sell more time on it. I got like fucking 45 hours worth of shit and it's just like they keep hammering us. And there's just nobody to fucking work and nobody fucking wants to fix cars anymore. Fucking job sucks. Beats the living fuck out of you. Um, it's really, really like hard. Your, hand, your hands get all busted up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some of that's Working from lifting. Hands. Yeah, some of that's from lifting too. Um, I posted the video yesterday of me doing my uh, weekly 405-pound deadlifts. So, yeah, it's it's fucking tough out there. Um, so you're like a uh, – you don't really have to worry about anybody else when it comes to being a or, um, you know real estate broker, right? It's just kind of like – Yeah, even like you. my – so yeah, I'm, I'm not completely independent, but like it's just me and another guy, and he's super cool. He doesn't – yeah, so I don't have to worry. But I just like – when my clients can choose to work with me or not. Like I'm not going to – whatever if you like me work with me but yeah so i don't really have a boss until i'm actually like working a deal that's mm -hmm. how i look at it right. that almost sounds like it'd be a pain in the ass by the end <laughs> no but the nice thing is when you close the deal you're done so like <laughs> so like and even like i've had where we me and clients kind of butt heads a little bit or get annoyed with each other but then it's like let's just get through <laughs> let's do it and then we're done and then we don't have to ever talk again so there's like that aspect to it which is kind of nice <laughs> all right who's the worst demographic of clients i, I just random question <laughs> i would say picky gay guys from california <laughs> are you fucking serious i mean i like them because i got the california money and so that's why I, like everyone hates all the californians moving here but i'm like whatever take their money like you know that's like yeah. <laughs> but yeah that but whatever i mean even like Oh, and lawyers too. Like you would think a lawyer could do the deal themselves, but a lot of them don't because they have their own specialty that they think about, you know, and sometimes they'll be kind of terrible, but mm -hmm. it's all good. I don't know. I'm easy to get along with overall. And like half the time people get mad. They're not mad at me. They're mad at a situation, you know, whatever's going on. So you just have to like take the abuse and be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I got, a, I got lucky at my job with uh, a couple of recent jobs where, 
we had one, it was a wiring fucking nightmare and the dude was talking to General Motors. So I work on Buick GMC and Cadillac and it was a truck that we had as truck for literally longer than this dude had. The truck was brand fucking new and it's having intermittent wiring issues. We ended up doing all this shit and he actually treated us very well. But sometimes the last job I was at, I remember a guy, his mud flaps were on fucked up. And I remember him standing in like our drive through lane. So like you would drive into the building through the garage doors and he, his car was in the far lane. He said, well, my mud flaps are on wrong. So does this mean I get a new car? <laughs> like, holy shit. These people really fucking believe this. Fucking, I, I like, could you imagine somebody going into a house like, oh, there's like this ceiling tile's a little fucked up. Does this mean I get a new house? Like, no. People try. People try sometimes. Oh, seriously? Like, you can ask all you want. I'll write up the paperwork, but <laughs> like, whatever. Like, yeah, it's funny. People have, okay, one time uh, someone was buying and it was her first thing, but her like, boomer dad was talking to her about it and he was you know he hadn't bought a house since the 90s and he was like i remember she asked for like i think she asked for like twenty thousand off of this like tiny (laughs) like no reason whatsoever i'm like you can ask for it but and it didn't happen (laughs) so we're gonna wrap up here in a minute but i want to know what is uh do you have any significantly memorable uh stories and selling houses like any really funny stories that you haven't told before Hmm. i don't know about like funny Mm -hmm. just silly clients doing weird things during deals or like i know one time after an inspection i got the the listing broker like called me like, oh my God, you guys broke all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? And then like, they so we sent pictures and they're like, not, like the a blind was lifted halfway. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's that broke. <laughs> like, you know, just that's probably the silliest thing. And that was like my first deal too. And I was like, what's going on? But mm-hmm. yeah, nothing funny. A lot of cool houses. Definitely like, especially with the way the market's been so crazy. Like, you just have to look at more houses because to get under contract. So just a lot of cool houses that you wouldn't see normally. But it's really funny how much people are having to pay for houses. That's like stupid. But <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, my fiance and I talk all the time about moving to Florida, but like it would just. There's no fucking way we'd lose our ass on this house and then buying down there. It, I, we were looking. It's like one hundred fifty thousand dollars for like a shack on like a big dirt lot I'm like, <laughs> no no sorry we got three bedrooms two and a half bathrooms we just replaced all the toilets and a whole ton of garage space off street parking we, we live pretty good so yeah. I, I like i can't imagine starting all over and then having to like fix shit too because i replaced the hot water tank here the roof is only 10 years old so like all oh, this shit's new we, doesn't need anything and then like move to another house it's like all right well now you have to drop like another hundred grand on top of everything you just spent right and you have to pay grand over asking like yeah Florida's getting pretty crazy like that too everyone's moving there so i'm sure buying is a nightmare down there yeah um, I, I would i would love to just because i i absolutely fucking hate this cold but you know i think we're just gonna kind of have to do like the bitcoin thing you know hodl and hopefully everything goes good <laughs> you'll be good yeah, I think so. All right. So I got a couple questions I ask every uh, guest at the end of the show. What does liberty look like to you? Uh, liberty looks like, to me, liberty looks like a big, giant, bald eagle flying. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It looks like 8 billion individuals to me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Good enough. Good enough. Uh, what does what does health look like to you? Health looks like to me uh, feeling good. Uh, looks like just a happy, shiny person. Happy, like just exudes from you. Health exudes from you. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, we both emblems on that. I'm not sure if I do at all times, but I I feel pretty fucking good. Hopefully, yeah. you feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can everybody find you? Um, so on Twitter, I'm at the Desert Daddy, and then on YouTube, it's Forest Mommy. So you could search Forest Mommy on YouTube, but that's all I have going. Nice, yeah. After you got nuked, yeah, 
That's whatever. And I don't have energy to have like all sorts of all these apps and stuff. I'm too lazy. No, I got you. Well, um, can, can you share why you got new? Oh yeah, it was the it was the picture. It was a right. it was a picture, and it's funny because when I when I like first started the Forest Mommy account, I used that same exact picture, and it was fine then. And then, so I don't know what happened, but funny enough, I meant to put the censored one in anyways, but I didn't, and then boom, <laughs> and they wouldn't even let me like switch it. Like I'm like, just let me change it then. But all right. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah I got a uh, 12 hour ban for uh, saying there was that tweet going around of guys, dude, and all these other words not being gender neutral language. So I said, guys, it's time to fire up the gas chambers. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, apparently, Twitter didn't like that. Yeah. yeah. You made it through the 12 hours. Yeah, no, it, it was a long 12 hours without talking shit on Twitter, but it was also <laughs> a little bit more productive. So, uh, Art Force Mommy, this was uh, fucking awesome. Um, looking forward to uh, seeing whatever uh, comes up on Twitter, and uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Yeah, thank you. Of course. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.